In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to become sexier than the squirrel to your dog, getting rid of distractions, making your dog more focused and just generally having a pretty cool companion. Now, today is a really important topic. It's a Mm. topic that actually causes a lot of people, a lot of dogs, a lot of stress, actually. And it's one of those areas that if you don't tackle it can actually be quite painful. And that is noise sensitivity and dogs with any type of noise struggles yeah absolutely and so what we're talking about in this episode is those dogs that are worried or scared of noises whether that's quiet noises whether that's loud noises it could be as simple as like um i don't know someone uh, making like a knocking sound yeah so um outside recently we had someone just doing um well roof work and very quickly you could see how that changed the dynamics of a border collie household Mm -hmm. because it was something they were definitely very aware of yeah absolutely and this is an incredibly common and prevalent struggle within dogs. I did a study in 2012 um, that looked at a, a population of, of dogs in the United Kingdom and whether they had any kind of fear response to very commonly occurring loud noises. And the crazy thing is, is that 79% of the dogs within that population that, that was looked at was just a general dog population owned by general normal people um they um they they showed some level of fear response to a loud noise whether that be vehicle noise whether that be the vacuum cleaner whether that be fireworks thunder you name it the scary thing is that working with dogs and their people we see time and time again so many people that obviously do notice and acknowledge this and worryingly so many people that do not acknowledge or notice this and i can say uh he looks a little bit worried you want to pop him back in the vehicle and we'll quickly um discuss some strategies Mm -hmm. and they're like oh no no he's fine so actually that 79% reported that are noticing and acknowledging Mm -hmm. it right well this is the interesting thing that's a really good point is the way that that study worked is it it asked owners you know what does your dog do in Mm. response to those in response to those noises so um first of all the owners would be asked well do does is your dog scared of fireworks and they'd say and some owners would say oh no no he's not and I say okay well um does he bark when he hears a firework yes he does does he pace yes yes he does that um does he stare out the window yes he does that um does he scratch at doors or furniture yes he does that um, and the interesting thing is is that this is kind of the first step to working on this struggle is acknowledging that it is a struggle and acknowledging that actually it's it's fear it's worry it's anxiety that's driving this response that dogs are showing um and i i think that's actually one of the more common things that 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 we see is that we first of all got to 
see that it's happening. And I think that's one of the biggies here is that definitely a lot of people don't necessarily see what their dog is, mm-hmm. is doing as a direct um, or indirect correlation mm-hmm. with the noise yeah. or the thing. And I remember only recently here, we had a lot of thunder, like a crazy week. I don't know if you remember, full mm-hmm. of thunder, yeah. like crazy thunder. And actually some owners who said their dogs were completely fine with thunder, I would have suggested that they were really not. Yeah. And actually they were showing quite visible demonstrations and displays of being uncomfortable in that scenario sort of situation Mm -hmm. and yet it wasn't something that was being um, generally acknowledged by the owner. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the interesting thing about the development of this struggle is that Dogs are are born. They they grow up. They you know they might go to their new homes at eight weeks old. And we see a lot of dogs, uh, you know, eight, nine, ten weeks old. You know, even up to six months old, where actually they've not discovered that noises are important. And the interesting thing about them not discovering that noises are important is with these with the, this this kind of group of dogs that have just never discovered the importance of noises that it's very difficult to train them verbal cues it's very difficult to put a verbal cue on a behavior that you've taught them the other thing that it's quite difficult to do is to teach them a recall now interestingly often these dogs are owned by owners that are a little bit like chatterboxes and so they're constantly reminding their dog that noises uh, are not important uh, for owners who tom is calling <laughs> chatterbox <laughs> oh, because Public. if you're constantly talking to your dog then actually they they kind of quickly learn oh the stuff that comes out of your no- your, your mouth has no significance i'm worried oh, about the that stuff then. that comes What's out of your nose, nose also has let's no not, significance let's not discuss um, that here so um the you know the, the first thing to say is that dogs aren't necessarily all natural naturally discovering that noises are important for the better or the worse but then what happens is that dogs whether it's because they have an underlying like pessimism where they they hear something they don't know what it is they assume it to be something bad over time this starts to teach them that noises are important and the key is that noises are important for the worse right they're not they're negative events that happen and this grows and grows and grows and it, it will grow and grow and grow until they are told otherwise so have you ever had that situation where somebody has maybe given you the impression that another person is not a nice person or you just you you met somebody or you you've seen somebody and they were kind of in the same circle as you but you never actually spoke to them directly so you kept seeing them and you were you were thinking oh you know i get a funny vibe from him or her and i i don't i'm not that sure about them bad bad vibe bad vibe (laughs) um and um and then um and and it just kind of self-perpetuates right because nobody teaches you otherwise and then at some point somebody might say to you oh my word he is like the best guy or she's the best the girl. kindest ever guy always generous always Super looking out generous. for everyone and you're like yeah. Yeah. oh Surprise. now that i've been told otherwise it's fine but in the meantime that had just been growing and growing and growing and, yeah and the crazy thing is is that emotions work this way and learning and behavior works this way that what could have just been a little hunch that you didn't like them or somebody just saying a passive a, a passing comment that you'd misinterpreted about someone over time that grows and grows and grows into hatred right that that emotion gets stronger and stronger and yet you actually have it's, no it was just based on an initial passive Pessimism. It was just based on an initial, like, oh, you know, there's an ambiguous situation. I'm feeling a little bit pessimistic. I'm going to err on the side of it being a bad thing. And that's hardwired into all of us to protect ourselves. So it's understandable. But the point is, is that unless we teach, dogs do exactly the same thing. And unless we step in and teach them otherwise and, and interrupt that, that kind of 
perpetuation, well, it's going to get worse over time. It's not all. It's not all of a sudden going to get better. We often see people that um, they 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 try and show their dogs that something is good by repeatedly doing it. So I don't know. A dog's worried about a person. Well, let's get the person to come up to them and stroke them, and you know and they're going to visit. And, they're yeah. going to visit that person time and time again. Many times. But the point is that all we're doing is we're giving them an opportunity to grow their hatred. <laughs> we're giving them the opportunity for that that negative emotional response to get stronger and stronger. It's a process called sensitization. Now, the thing is, I mean, when we say about, um, I, I suppose, noise sensitivity, it can be as crazy as I have one um, student and their dog who cannot cope with the person sneezing. Yeah. So if that person sneezes, it sends the whole house into chaos. Yeah. So she's desperately trying not to sneeze. And everyone knows how it feels when you, you yeah. want to sneeze. She's desperately trying like not torture. to. And the dog can even predict <laughs> like the, you know, when you, I don't know what you call it, when yeah. you attempt to not sneeze. Yeah. Um, the dog can even sort of predict those and notices those as mm. well. Um, it could be, could be something like those or it could be something as, as simple and regular as maybe the dustbin truck mm -hmm. arriving. Yeah. So there are so many, it's broad, right? Like it's yeah. a broad topic. Absolutely. Now, uh, before we dive into how we would grow this and how we would change this and how we, how we would prevent this, if your dog has a sudden change in behavior, no matter what, um, you know, no matter what the, the struggle is that they suddenly develop, but if they, especially if they suddenly become very worried about noises, this would be a, a kind of real flag for us to get a vet involved and just get our dogs assessed and get our dogs checked because um, you've got to think that, you know, if you've got a sore back, you're probably going to be a little bit more tetchy that and week about things be, that are going on. You're going to be more pessimistic. Yeah. You're going to feel a little bit more angsty. You're generally, and that's, I mean, we think, think in our terms, um, a client of, of, of ours said the other day, only the other day, her dog was really off for a couple of days. And I said, I would have bet that was pain. Mm. Like, And for me, that's when you check them out because yeah. there likely is some pain somewhere or something that's really put them into a different space. Absolutely. And so um, get a great relationship with your vet, you know, let them, let them know what the situation is and great a great vet would never make you out to be crazy for bringing and, and also them. best that your vet knows your dog when they're normal yeah so we would say to everybody who's listening uh, to the podcast actually your dog being normal when they're at the vets is also mm -hmm. useful so actually um we see Absolutely. like a baseline that way yeah 100 percent. so um now i'm kind of moving on to what would be our initial tips on working on this so we want to within this episode we want to give you um, tools that you can run strategies with strategies that you absolutely feel like you can help your dog because this one and you can help yourself because this one is a painful one right yeah. for dogs and for owners 100 so the first tip if we think about it this is this noise reactivity whatever you want to call it fear responses to loud noises it, it started with the assumption that the noise was a bad thing, whether that's because the noise was really loud and it startled them, or whether it's just because they were in a little bit of a pessimistic space that day and it or was a little bit they, ambiguous. Um, a witness to another dog who um, mm. was, was pessimistic or an owner who was very pessimistic, yeah. because I've definitely watched that within dog groups and within owners and, and, and handlers and their, and their dogs, right? Absolutely. And there are certain noises that are especially ambiguous. I mean, if you, I don't know, guys, if you've seen a, a horror film recently, but the noise, the, the music, the sound track is purposefully um, created to be ambiguous and to really kind of um, feed into your underlying pessimism that we have in scary situations and grow that fear. And th these noises are happening all the time with our dogs, you know, whether it's repetitive noises often dogs don't like. So like crow scarers that repeatedly and another go one off. Another here is um, like, a, I think a really good example for here actually is 
um, the fact that there's often shotgun. Mm. So there's shotgun because we live in a place where there is like it's very country, right? Mm. Like it's a it's a country shooting sort of um, town. Mm. And so for me, if you watch like a um, a Springer or a Cocker or a Lab. Um, around the shooting sort of season, they're like, whoa, eyes are alert and yeah. um, they're really like, whoa, this is exciting. Whereas you can watch some of the Border Collies who are like, what on earth is going on here? Now, we, our dogs get pretty used to it pretty quickly. Yeah. However, what I would say is it's like a completely different response depending Absolutely. on uh, the outcome from Bo- that. Both think that the noise is important, but yeah, for very different, different reasons. reasons. <laughs> um, so, what we're saying is that often the the cause of this is an assumption that there is a negative outcome. So what you can do is uh, implement a protocol that we call distraction mark treat protocol. Now, what this is, is it says that, you know, distractions are happening all the time. Noises are happening all the time. What we're going to do is let our dogs know that that is that we notice it as well. We heard it. And we, it's going to lead to a positive outcome. So the way that that look, it looks is noise happens. In other words, the distraction happens. We then follow up with a marker word. So we might say something like nice. It's nice and calm and chilled. And it's like, nice. I spot that too. You can say that if you want, but it's a bit of a mouthful. And then what you're going to do is you're going to follow up with some of your dog's daily food now, allowance. When you're doing this, um, just as Tom's alluded to here, the noises that you're going to use could be really varied to anything. Yeah. So it could be as simple as, I don't know, a leaf or a, a twig falling off a tree to a, a shotgun in the distance. Yeah. Actually taking the more sort of subtle ones like the leaf falling or um, a lawnmower going or um, a dog barking a, in a, the a chainsaw starting yeah. so when we were doing logging here not that long ago it's quite a long distance away and it's an odd, it's an odd noise but it's a subtle it's a, it's a normal country noise yeah. those are the ones we want to do right yeah and the cool thing is is that there are noises happening all the time but as humans we decide that certain noises are not important so our brain blocks them so we don't hear you know th- those people that live near busy roads and, and you, you, you I'm sure there are some listeners that live near a busy road and you don't hear the road and noise and yet if you get a guest to come to your aware. house they're very aware of it i remember um working and um, we um we visited not that long ago a, a lovely horse farm and the lovely horse farm um we were um walking around and it was a blast from the past really and when i was there i was like wow that road noise is immense mm. and yet I didn't really remember it like that when I spent a lot of time there when yeah. uh, uh, much earlier when I was younger. And it's funny. I think the roads haven't changed at all. Mm. Simply, I've had a break away from it and I came back and I really noticed the traffic noise. Yeah. So is it absolutely that? It's like the white noise scenarios, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so what we've got to do as owners is open up our awareness to all these noises. And then what we've got to do is pair them up with a positive outcome. So hear the, the car driving past. Nice feed nice feed hear the dog bark in the distance nice feed here um i don't know acknowledge that when you put your coffee cup down on the um, on the table it makes a noise nice and feed um in doing that what we're saying is hey noises they always lead to a positive outcome and that's regardless of what your dog is worried about now moving on from that of course, there are certain dogs with certain struggles whereby they have very specific noises that they're very worried about and they seem fine with everything else. And we, we get owners of these dogs come to us a lot and ask for advice because they, there's no level of exposure to that noise that they're scared of that that dog can cope with to teach them that it's a good outcome. And so 
we're going to introduce you to something now that's really exciting and it totally changes this and it's exactly what we do with all the dogs that we teach and all the dogs that we help and transform i should say that actually um guys if you're obviously checking this podcast out for yourself then amazing and well done you and actually this is something that would be worth sharing because this struggle in itself causes so much pain it causes so much heartache for owners for their dogs for their families and it causes i mean let's be honest it can cause accidents it can Mm. be a real issue a a shotgun going and a dog bolting or whatever it is Mm. like this can cause so much pain and since we've come up with solutions and strategies we feel so much better from doing it right and and the the crazy thing is is the information isn't out there and we want the information to be out we want you to share it speaking to you so whether you're listening to this on iTunes, you know what, share the link. Whether you're listening to it on Spotify, share the link. If you haven't already subscribed on those, by the way, guys, make sure to subscribe because then you get notified when new episodes become available. If you're watching this on Facebook as a Facebook premiere, then make sure that you hit share on this video so that other people see it because this is life-changing for dogs and owners when they have this struggle. So we want to introduce you to something called submodalities. Now, what submodalities are is that effectively there are there are lots of events that happen there might be visual events there might be auditory events so noises um, there might be olfactory events so smells and all these different events that can be perceived by the various sensors now the cool thing is is that within an event there are certain characteristics so if we think about visual events well there are there's brightness there's darkness there's there's color there's flashing right and we can even go down to shapes when we talk visual we can talk about animals but then what are animals well you know what they're a blob with four points of contact on the ground that represent their four legs and and that's actually when we drill down what are the components of an event we start to realize that there's opportunities everywhere to work our dogs towards and seeing the world in a better light. Now, when it comes to noises, it's really exciting because there are quite a few different submodalities that we're gonna, that we can talk about, and we, we can't talk about all of them within this episode. Oh, but come on, we, surely we I can. I know it'd be so cool, wouldn't it? And um, but what we can think about is loud versus quiet. So we can think about volume. We can think about pitch. So we can think about low pitch. We can think about high pitch. And every noise has these characteristics right the other one that's really important with um, with dogs and and dogs with noise struggles is continuous noises versus staccato noises so intermittent noises right um, and in thinking about just those three submodalities that we've just briefly introduced you to now maybe your dog's worried about motorbikes well motorbikes are a loud noise that's high pitched and it's continuous Can you think of other high-pitched noises that you could maybe do distraction mark treat on to grow their optimism in that respect? Absolutely. And and ones that are not the motorbike, right? And I think that's the big thing is that so many people go straight to the issue. They go straight to that exact thing. And this is where you can start to really think so much broader. It's very special for your dog. Can you think about, do you, can you imagine, or do you imagine encountering other loud noises? Well, of course, we can distraction mark treat those. Can you encounter in your day-to-day life other continuous noises? Well, of course, because they're probably going to be happening 
intermittently, so by, continuously all the time. So by splitting them up, actually, we have way more opportunity. Yeah. And that's probably one of the biggest things is that motorbikes, let's be honest, I don't hear any motorbikes here mm. because of where we live. However, if I was working through them, then yes, lots of those other opportunities are going to happen. Yeah. Continuous noises like the lawnmower, mm. continuous noises like um, the strimmers. Yeah. There are so many options. And this is the cool thing is that, you know, we live um, in a very rural area um, and we, you know, we could easily not see many people, not see many dogs, not hear Probably many noises. Probably just see sheep, right? Yeah, <laughs> sheep and hear gunshots. Um, but the, the cool thing is, is that our dogs then come to places like cities with us. They come to crufts with us. They come to big show and environments. what I love is how simply they adjust, yeah. how much they don't question where they are. They don't kind of go, oh, we're, we're in a new place. Mm. It's, just, it's just normal, yeah. right? And so at some point, you know what? Our dogs might get to, I don't know, 13, 18 months old before they encounter a motorbike. And the cool thing is, is that the way that this training and these games work is they, they hear the motorbike and literally they're like, huh, high-pitched, loud, continuous noise. Yeah, optimist about that. Yep. Because we've worked on it in loads of different situations. We've done this DMT, Distraction Mark Treat Protocol, for all the various submodalities. It's like a life learning. I remember um, at our school when I was when I was younger, I had the um, motto for life, not school, we mm. learn. And that's the thing with DMT. You're learning for life. It's not for the sake of learning. Yeah. So uh, for the sake of school or, yeah. or, or a, a, I suppose, a tick sheet. You're learning for life. It's mm. something that you can use across the whole of your dog's life and you never quite know when it will come in handy i remember um there's there's this huge thing um one time learning uh, some some events like i don't know huge 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 gunshot or mm -hmm. a crow scarer those can be typical ones that we would hear around here yeah um and actually what i've noticed is the more that i work on this before those events ever happen the cooler our dogs are, yeah. like the cooler they are. Like they literally, those one-time learning events are no longer so traumatic, right? Like yeah. They're no longer even a thing, exactly. really, because of this. So what we've done is we've we've talked about quite a few different things there, but we we really want to arm you with first of all figuring out is your does your dog have fear responses to noises, whether quiet or loud? If the answer is yes. What submodalities do you need to think about and consider and be aware of? Is it loud noises, quiet noises? Is it continuous noises? Is it intermittent noises? Is it high pitch? Is it low pitch? And then we want you to implement that distraction mark treat protocol. And if you ha if you you're, you're listening and you're like, oh my word, this is the best episode ever because my dog has struggled with um, noises for their whole life. Well. If that's the case, if it's a big struggle, that probably means you need to put a large proportion of their daily food allowance into what they need, right? And that is, of course, this distraction mark treat protocol that we, we've spoken about. That was the noise episode. It's a big one. It's one that we really want you to share. It's, it's one that really is worth sharing because it's going to help people and their dogs worldwide. Whether you're a trainer, whether you'd like to be a trainer, whether you just like sharing cool dog stuff, it's yeah. absolutely out there and, and it really does need to go further. Absolutely. Make sure to subscribe, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify. If you've not given the Absolute Dogs Facebook page a follow yet, make sure to do so because we do lots of live teaching on there um, and there's lots of um, video content that goes up there as well so that you you can really immerse yourself in it. If you haven't left us a review, 
please, please, please leave a review because what reviews do is they give other people context that are thinking they're, they're looking at, for dog training advice and they're, they're, you know, they're researching what's out there and your review could give someone the context that they need to listen to maybe and this episode and transform their dog. Very, very quick story just from the weekend. We were away at the weekend and I was shocked to watch how many dogs were lead popped and mm. jerked and grabbed and, yeah. and shook and, and one dog really physically grabbed and 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 for me there are so many like better ways like, yeah. i'm going to put it out there it, they are there are better ways to do it and there are kinder ways to do it and this is one of them so absolutely we want you yeah. listening and and just just on that story guys oft it's be very easy to judge owners in that situation i can bet they're great owners they just don't they're know so a better frustrated. way frustrated and that's the thing and and for me um only oh god we, we could go on again now uh, but we had uh, one lady who um her her beagle ran up packles up really mm. really dog and running all around um, our dogs and she was um, really angry at him and I said look just get him hold mm -hmm. and, and pop him back on lead and as soon as she had him on lead I diverted her straight to the, mm -hmm. the podcast yeah. and I told her about absolute dogs and I didn't tell her I was Lauren mm -hmm. I just said this is how it rolls <laughs> um, and you need to go over review. there and have a look very very independent <laughs> review here and, uh, I, and, and I just loved that she went away feeling a little bit better about a situation that she was feeling pretty terrible about yeah. and it wasn't that she didn't want to know it was that she so frustrated and she doesn't know right so please like tom said this is not about being judgy this yeah. is about being the best dog training community sharing and caring and, and being kind as we can right absolutely so with that guys that was this episode we will see you next week in the next sexier than a squirrel podcast and in the meantime remember stay, stay sexy, sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program, huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today, where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.